Now let me ask you, what are you afraid of? A better question would be, how do you respond to fear? How you respond to your fear is what determines how much power it will have over you. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is so I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. You want to know really why you don't have to be afraid? Because God loves you. And nothing you are facing and nothing you will ever face can stop. Well, thank you so much for joining in our series called Fearless. You caught us in week three of this series. And let me encourage you, if you've missed any of those, to go back and, and check those out. I'm going to tell you, for, for me personally, this has been a, a really good series. I, God has spoken to me. I took a lot of notes last week from Pastor Clay. And, and uh, this is something that I wrestle with. And so I'm assuming that a lot of other people wrestle with as well. But before we dive in to that, uh, I want to invite you to do something today that, that we've never done before. And if you're watching on some other device than your phone, I would encourage you to grab your phone or grab your iPad and scan this QR code. And the reason I'm asking you to do that is so that uh, you can take notes. If you're the kind of person that likes to take notes and want to fill those in, you can scan this QR code. It'll take you to the web page. You'll be able to fill those notes in. You can email them to yourself. You you can save it as a PDF on whatever device you happen to be working on. Uh, there's a lot of things you could do with that, but uh, just scan this QR code, and then you can take notes along the way. If you're a person that likes to take notes, we thought we'd try to offer this and see uh, how folks would respond to it. So we hope that you'll enjoy uh, the note-taking process. Uh, so uh, today, as we're diving in uh, to this fearless series, we need to understand the focus of the series, and this is the focus, not on how I can fear less in the sense of, of get me out of circumstances where I have fewer circumstances where I'm going to have, have fear, but the idea is how I can trust God more. How I can trust God, because I'm going to have plenty of circumstances where I'm going to be fearful in my heart. I'm going to have fear, but in the middle of that fear, I can trust God. And so that's what this whole series, and so uh, today we're going to tackle the idea of, of plowing through fear of decisions. That is, thinking through decisions we make in our life. And a lot of times in Christian circles, you're going to hear this phrase, I want to live at the center of God's will for my life. I've heard that for, for a long, almost all my life. I want my life to be centered in God's will for me. And so we, somewhere along the way, we've been taught, we've been thinking about that there's this perfect plan. There's a plan A that God has, and that's God's will for my life. And, and then we try to set out and discover that will. Now, for some of us, 
We make these decisions along the way thinking about God, and for some of us, we don't think about God. We just make them. You know, like, hey, when I was in my 20s and I was still in college and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do for the summer, uh, you know, that was a, a fun thing. Or uh, I'm going to get a summer job, or, or maybe you're thinking about getting an internship for college and, and, and finding an opportunity to be an intern somewhere, and, and you've got those kind of decisions, and, and maybe you're 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 at that point where you're looking to get married and you're looking for a spouse and, and you're dating and you're trying to figure those things out, you're making decisions. And, and then as you get later in your 20s, you're making career decisions. Where What do I need to do? Do I need to land? I've got this college degree. Maybe you went the college degree route. I've got a college degree. Is your career going to match your degree or is it not going to match your degree? And so there's all kinds of decisions. And then you start thinking about family. Do we have kids? Do we not have kids? And then as the kids grow, do they get plugged into to sports? Do they not get plugged into sports? Do they do dance? Do they not do dance? Do they go to public school? Do they not go to public school? Do they homeschool? Do I send them to charter school? And all those decisions that we're trying to make. And then they just get more and more because then we're kind of 40s. We're thinking, is there something more? And then, whoa, COVID hits. And it's like, man, that's a game changer for all of us uh, because it's like, hey, I'm going to change jobs. COVID's a great reason to do that. And so, so we walk through all of those decisions as if they're not enough. You know, you take a guy like me, I'm thinking about retirement. Uh, you know, that's granted seven, eight years down the road, but still it's on my mind. I'm thinking about it and it's sitting right there, all kinds of decisions. And boy, I'm going to tell you, some of those decisions are real fearful, right? We're all there. I made bad decisions. I made some good decisions. And then, but I wrestled with this idea, what is God's perfect will? See, when I was in college, I dated this girl for nearly three years. Yeah, that's right. We dated nearly three years and then I broke, broke up with her. Now, that was a good decision. The way I went about it was terrible. And and I'm and I do. I hate the way I did it, and I I still to this day have some regret about the way I did it. I don't regret the decision, right decision. I regret the way I did it, and and but nevertheless, three years. I thought this girl was supposed to be my partner in life, my partner in ministry. We were going to do ministry together. We were going to be married, and it it was she was wonderful, and that was God's plan. Did I mess that up? I mean, I, that's a great question. Did, did, was that plan, was she plan A and then everything else, uh, oh, plan B and then plan C? And then, and then as I, you know, eight years, I was 28 before I got married. And so, you know, is, is, you know do I really get, well, Donna must be plan D. No, no, that's not what God has it for. But I'm going to tell you in my psyche in the middle of that, was that really, did I miss out on God's plan? We think about those things. I had an opportunity uh, in, in 1983 uh, to, I turned down a job where I could make $90,000 a year in 1983. That was a boatload of money then. I turned it down. Was that God's will for my life? Was it not God's will how does all that work? Do I really know that? And sometimes we end up feeling like I ended up feeling like there's this carrot on the end of a stick dangling out in front of me, and I just can't reach it, and I just can't figure it out. 
You been there? I think so. And so there's a fear. So am I going to, the fear is, am I making the right decision? Is this the right thing? What's going to be the impact? Should I apply for that job? Should I not apply for that job? Should I submit my resume? Should I not submit my resume? Should I ask her out? Should I not ask her out? And it just begins to be, you know, this big, should we try to go? Should we not try to go? Should we get our kids in? Should we not get our kids out, out of public school? I mean, it's just like, whoa, these are big decisions. And they create fear in our lives. You see, here's something I've come to believe over the years that the Christian life, in the Christian life, those of us who are followers of Jesus, there is way more freedom about discovering God's will than what we think. Now, I want to dive into something that Jesus taught. This was his teaching, and it was in the middle of this what's called Sermon on the Mount, if you've ever heard that phrase. Uh, this is in Matthew, and we're going to be in chapter 6, and I want to pull some excerpts, and I want us to read this together. Jesus speaking, and he says, he's, he's, he's teaching, he says, that's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing. Jesus comes right out of the chute and he says, listen, you don't need to be worrying. You don't need to be fearful of the future. You don't have to worry about whether you have enough food or clothes or drink. Because life is more than food and our body is more than clothing. Isn't that true? That's what Jesus is saying. You don't have to worry about it. So he said, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? Think about that. All of my anxious thoughts, all the things I worry about out there in terms of trying to make this decision and moving forward, and is this God's will for my life, is it? Does all of that worrying add a single moment to our lives? And then he goes, well, why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field, the flowers, they, how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon Solomon was a king, one of the great kings of Israel. You can go back in the Old Testament and read all about King Solomon, who was the richest man in the world at that time. All of Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as the lilies of the field. And why worry about clothing? And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will, will, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? That's what Jesus is saying. He's teaching. He says, listen, here's what God does. See all the things that God does? Why do you have so little faith? Why do I have so little faith? Why, why do I worry about these things? And so Jesus presses on, and he says, so don't worry about these things, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? Oh, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. 
For those of us who've crossed the line of faith, this is a, a really a big deal. Now, if you're trying to figure out who Jesus is, this isn't a slam on you in any way, shape, or form. You're, you're invited into the conversation. You are part of this conversation because you are trying to figure out Jesus and why, as believers, we do the things we do and the things that we struggle with. Because here's the truth of the matter. As a believer, we are hardwired to have faith. We are hardwired to trust God. And when we choose to not trust in God, when we choose our own way, when we choose our will versus God's will, then we are living incongruent with what God has for us. And because we're living incongruent, guess what? We have stress. We have huge stress. We're not happy. We're not content. We're not satisfied. We worry because... Because our actions are incongruent with what God has hardwired in us, and that's this life of faith. You see, anxiety is always living out in the future before it gets here. We have this anxiety because we're not trusting God. We get this anxiety because of what's out there within in the idea of what's in the future. And I think about it and I'm mulling over and I'm trying to make a decision and I don't know the answer. And so therefore I have anxiety and it's always sitting out there. Always sitting out there. Matter of fact, just to be as transparent as I can, I'm going to tell you, last week's message took my lunch. I took a lot of great notes. Why? Because if you looked into my journal, I journal uh, when I, I hang out with God in the morning, I read the scripture, I write down what he's telling me, I pray back, and I try to live out that process, I try to live that out. And I write that down, I journal. And if you looked at my journal last week or week before last, <laughs> probably this week too, but if you looked at my journal, I can tell you straight up, this idea of fear is all over my journal. It's all in there, and I'm wrestling with that. Why? I don't know why. I struggle with that, and it's hard. And because I'm having all this fearfulness, I have all this anxiety, I'm living incongruent with the way God's wired me, and so I'm trying to get there. I'm on this journey, and I want you along the journey as well. So Jesus is saying, he gives all that information, and he still hasn't told us how in the world to get in the middle of God's will until now. The next verse, Matthew 6, 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Seek the kingdom of God, more than job, more than money, more than family, more than accolades, more than wealth, more than possessions, more than achievements, more than wins, more than medals, more than awards. He's saying, seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously, live the way God wants you to live, and He will give you everything you need. So, don't worry about tomorrow. 
For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. You see, the question that we struggle with, the question that we wrestle with, is will I seek God's kingdom or will I seek my own? Will I seek God's kingdom above everything else or am I going to seek my own? And when we wrestle with that, as a believer, we're living incongruent and we have Great anxieties. Now, if you're going, hey, I know Jesus is Jesus. He's God's son. Maybe he didn't mean all that. I just want to reaffirm to you that Paul, the church planner, Paul's a guy that went around planting churches in the first century. He became a follower of Jesus, started going out and planting churches. He would start a church, and he moved to another town and moved to another town and moved to another town, and then he'd write these letters back to the churches. And in one of those towns was called Thessalonica, Thus the word Thessalonians. But look what he wrote to the Thessalonians. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Man, all this stuff. Rejoicing, praying, giving thanks. That's all part of seeking the kingdom of God. Paul reaffirms what Jesus is already saying. That this is, these are, it's not about doing. I mean, rejoice always. Is there like a checklist of what rejoicing looks like? Man, I broke my leg. I'm rejoicing, right? <laughs> I don't think so. I just got fired. My house is upside down. Well, maybe not. I don't know. It depends on where you live. My husband's cheating on me. My wife, she's cheating on me. How am I supposed to be able to do these things? This is not a checklist of do. It's, a, it's about being. Pray continually. Give thanks for this is God's will. So, is this the kind of people we are? Or are we doing something else. See, this is what I'm trying to say. God's main purpose for you, for me, is not what you do, but it's who you become. 1988, 1987, the fall of 1987, my father was diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor. In November. He died in April of 1988. So 1987 in November. He was diagnosed with this inoperable brain tumor. He died in April. At that point. I've been in the ministry for about eight years. I'm going to school. I'm serving I'm serving the Lord. I've been preaching. I've been doing a lot of other things with students. And and. I hit a wall. Man, that was so hard. Man, I prayed for my father to be healed. And it was so hard and I was so frustrated and, 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 and so angry that I literally got to the point where I looked at God and I said, 
God, take this job and shove it. Yeah, I said that. I said that. And I walked away from, from ministry for a short period of time. And, 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 and during that short period of time, I, not only did I walk away from ministry, but, but I also kind of walked away from God because ministry, my, my faith in Jesus and what I, my belief in who I was and what I did were so closely aligned when I jettisoned ministry, I kind of jettisoned God in the process. Made lots of bad decisions. Man. Hurt some people along the way. And as I came back to God about six months later, I learned that God could care less I almost say this really harsh for me to make a point. I wouldn't carry so much the truth to it, but I would make, I'm making a point that for me, I came to the point that God could care less about what I did. He was m way more concerned about who I was becoming. Because my sense of self-worth and my sense of self-value and my sense of self-esteem was not based on performance of what I did, but it was based on my position of being God's son and developing my relationship with him. And I came to that truth. And the truth is for all of us. God's way more concerned about who we are and who we're becoming than what we're doing. And that's why this is about fear less. This is why this is about trusting God because God is in control and I'm not. And so I want to talk our rest of our time about a couple of practical ways that we can be in our relationship with God versus do so we can be all that God wants us to be. First thing is to be like Jesus. I know, it sounds a little cliche, doesn't it? Be like Jesus. But it's true. Look at this passage. Again, Paul writing to the church in a place called Philippi. He says, you must have the same attitude. Well, that's not a do, is it? That's not like a checklist, like going to church and reading my Bible and praying and giving money and helping people and, and going through that whole list of everything. that You know, don't cuss, don't smoke, don't cheat. You know, don't hang out with, with people you're not supposed to hang out with. I mean, that's, that's a whole list of do's and don'ts, right? You must have the same, you as followers of Jesus must have the same attitude. Be like Jesus. Same attitude that Jesus Christ had. Though he was God, whew, here's the attitude. He did not think of equality with God 
It means he didn't play that card. He didn't demand his own way. He didn't say, I was in control. He said, God was in control. Not me. God. And so, Jesus did not think equality with God. He goes on. In verse, the latter parts of verse 7, he says, When he appeared in human form, when he came to this earth, he humbled himself in obedience to God. And that's an attitude. That's not like a checklist. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do obedience. It's not a checklist. This is about who we are. Developing an attitude within us being like Jesus. What's the second thing? Never worry alone. I know you're going like, what is that all about? Never worry alone? We shouldn't worry alone. And here's why we shouldn't worry alone. Because worry perpetuates itself. The more we worry, the more we worry, the more we worry, the more we worry. We shouldn't be alone. As believers, here's what we should do. In Proverbs 12, 25, Old Testament, it says, anxious hearts are very heavy. We know that. That's a good truth. But a word of encouragement does wonders. Where are you going to find that word? Where are you going to go to find this word of encouragement? Ah, I think that's the best question of the day. I mean, am I going to Google it? Encouraging words. Am I going to go to my best friend and find some encouraging words? Where am I going to find encouraging words? As a believer, we have this thing called other believers. (laughs) And other believers hang out together. Here at Next Level, we call those life groups. And in a life group, we know that believers are working really hard to encourage each other to love and good deeds. We're, trying, we're working diligently. So guess what? When we hang out with people, when we're out in the lobby, you know what we're talking about? We're not griping and complaining if we're out in the lobby somewhere. If we're hanging out with somebody, we're not griping and complaining. We're not throwing somebody under the bus. You know what? When we get together as believers, you know what we do? We love and encourage each other. We, we the Bible talk, uses a word called spur. We spur each other on to love and good deeds. We get these encouraging words. And they do wonders for us. That's why we don't worry alone. We don't get all by ourselves and worry alone. We get together with other people who are what? Encouraging us. Because they have Jesus in them. They are encouraging us. And they are, are spurring us on to love and good deeds. And so we can sit down and have a conversation with them. Not that they're going to beat us up. Not that they're going to call us out. But they're going to encourage us. That's why we have this, this huge huge value here at Next Level because your story story is safe. What does that mean? We're going to come around and we're going to encourage you and help you along the way. We're going to let the Holy Spirit do what He does. We are going to encourage one another to love and good deeds. We're not going to carry these heavy hearts. Never worry alone. I think that's a good point. Third point. Look for the unseen things of life. 
Well, now, if that's not super secret, I don't know what is, right? I mean, this whole God's will being super secret, but, but, but hang on, hang on. Check this out. Again, Paul, the church planner, writing to the church in Corinth, writes this. We don't look at the troubles we can see now. By the way, this is one of my most favorite passages in, in the Bible. There's lots of them. I got a favorite chapter. This is my, one of my favorite passages. We don't look at the troubles that we can see now. And Paul had a lot of troubles. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. The things that we see will soon be gone, but the things that we cannot see will last forever. How in the world do we see the unseen? Because if we spend our time looking at only what we see, then we are going, we're going to hell in a handbasket. Okay, maybe not. But our life is in ruins. If we're looking at the world right now and we look at the economy and we look at the potential recession on the horizon and we look at we look at the war that's taking place in the Ukraine and we look at politics as they are now, and we look at the issues that we face in our world today, in our communities every day, if we look at what's taking place inside of public school system, and we t look at what's taking place on the internet, and we see all of that, and that's all we see, then rightfully so, we worry. Rightfully so, we, we are we, we are in a bad disposition, rightfully so, because we only see what's in front of us. But if we see the unseen, and we see the things that last forever, then we have hope. See, here's something that's going on in this world. God is always working. I don't know if you knew that or not. God is working to this very day. And in your community, in my community, in my life, in your family, in my family, in the people you hang out with, the people I hang out with, in the state that I live in, in the nation that I live in, in the world that I live in, God is doing a mighty work. Now the question is, do we see it? Do we see him working in people? Do we see God doing things in our lives or we just or we miss it? So what do I do? For me personally, I get up every morning and say, God, help me to see what you're up to. Help me to see where you're working and let me be a part of what you're doing. Open my eyes that I can see. And so I'm looking for it. I'm on, I'm on the lookout for it. It becomes a mindset for me. And then all of a sudden, I see something happen, and I'm like, man, that's God. That's God. That's the Holy Spirit doing something. That, that's what's going on. And I see that. And you can see that too. It's not something super secret, but it's this idea, what are we doing? We're trying to make a decision about 
Who am I going to spend the rest of my life with? What am I, how am I going to lead my children? What kind of career path am I going to have? How am I going to spend my money? What am I going to build in this world? We're trying to answer those big questions and we get all fearful about them instead of seeking God's kingdom first. You see what we've been talking about? Fear is less than trusting God. Fearless in making decisions. Why? Because we seek God's kingdom and that is the act of being. That is the act of not working and not doing. But it is a shift of my attitude. It is a shift of my thought process. It is a shift of my heart's desire. God is in control and he is working and I can see him and I can join him whatever decision says before me let's pray together Father God we're going to admit that we live in fear we do we wrestle with it. Sometimes we come out on top and win, and sometimes we come out on bottom and we are pinned and we lose, and we come to you who helps us. And so we're coming to you and crying out to you to help us to seek your kingdom first and foremost, above all else. so that we can have a greater trust in you as we make decisions in our life. We can trust in you knowing that we are walking with you. And no matter what we mess up, it's, we're always in plan A because we're following you. No matter what good or bad decision we make, we're still in plan A for you. Because we are trusting in you. Because you are in control. Help us, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you again for being a part of what God is doing through Next Level Church. If, if this is something that has, you have benefited from and have enjoyed, uh, we encourage you to like it and share it. Why? Because there's other people uh, who would benefit from it as well. There's people just like you who want to hear this and have a desire and their life can be changed just like your life is being changed. And another way for you to be a part of this ministry is to give. And again, if you your life has been touched and changed in any way, I would say somebody you know or somebody out there is just like you 
whose life needs to be changed. And because of people like you and I who give together to make this ministry happen, you can be a part of that. You can be a part of helping other people simply by giving. Go to our website. You can uh, see the tab to click Give, and you, you'll be able to give and, and to be able to spur the ministry on in the name of our Lord Jesus. Now, as we leave today, I'm going to leave you wrestling. Wrestling with fear, just like I wrestle with fear. Wrestling with making decisions, just like I wrestle with make decisions. But in that, may all of us find the peace and hope that only comes through Jesus by seeking God's kingdom first. Thanks and have a great week.